that would actually be quite entertaining if you had like a Royal Rumble with all of the podcasts, like a sort of Anchorman esque <laughs> Anchorman style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go over the ground rules. I think no touching of the hair or face. <laughs> Obviously. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Josh killed a guy. <laughs> you did. I saw that. Yeah, Josh, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You should lay low for a little while. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of FPL by Dummies with myself, Cam, and only one of the awesome threesome this week, Tom. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Not too bad, not too bad. Um, yeah. Could be worse. Survive the weekend. Survive the start of the weekend, yeah. Well, to be honest, it was a brilliant start to the weekend for you. So, um, for a bit of context, we're three uni mates this week. It's just two of us because Josh can't be with us. Uh, but yeah, we just chat about all things FPL. Um, and Tom is a diehard Brentford fan. And it wasn't your first win of the season, was it? No, beat or... Arsenal first game of the season, didn't we? Yeah, so second. But it was our first, it was, our, it was Brentford's first win where we all managed to share it together, which was nice. Oh, and how sweet was it? It was sweet. It was really <laughs> sweet. Yeah, jo- Josh isn't here this week because um, he's still recovering from our hangover from our meetup on the weekend, which we it's the first time we've met up in, what, 18 months? No, well, no, 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 sorry. Two months. Apart from, <laughs> apart from sorry. <laughs> apart from your wedding. I'm oh, sorry, I forgot Cheers, about mate. that. Yeah. Yeah, glad, glad you had a great time. I really... I, g- I, guess it's, I guess it's symptomatic of the fact that you can't remember any of it. So. Yeah, it, yeah, maybe one or two beers were had that evening also, so... Um, so it's the first time we've met up in, yeah, about, about not 18 months, but a while. But yes, we managed to watch Brentford game, which was very, very enjoyable. Ivan Tony, just what a beautiful man. man. What a beautiful, beautiful man. It was, um, yeah, it's pretty glorious. And then what, just carried on watching football all the way through. I think the group Acker was the most entertaining thing we did at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a resounding success, to be honest. Yeah, we all decided to do, so I think, well, there was about... Eight or nine of us have met up on the weekend, so we decided to do um, a group accumulator. Not that we condone betting in any way, but it was really funny. Um, basically, we all picked a team to either, yeah, to win or to draw, whatever they wanted, and we put it into an accumulator to see how well we'd do. And uh, I think we got zero out of nine correct, so uh, incredibly successful group hacker. Yeah, I must I must say that my pick of Stevenage to beat Forest Green um, was probably the pick of the bunch uh, as they went down 4-0 at home, so... Uh, that was yeah, prime yeah. For it was it wasn't great. I think the most entertaining was we were watching. That was it like Swansea versus Luton. I think it was like, yeah, Luton Swansea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Luton went three nil up, and then every time Swansea scored, there literally was like a ridiculous celebration. Like not that we even care, but and, and not like we were going to win, but it did. It did make it quite entertaining. So anyway, yeah. Back I mean, to, my back to FPL. well, I think uh, my pick of Stevenage was quite similar to. All of my picks in fancy this week. Uh, it was slightly better. I, w- I wasn't here to defend myself last week, and uh, Tom and Josh suitably went to town on me, and and rightly so, to be honest. I scored forty four points last week with an average uh, of fifty seven, so well below par. Um, this week slightly better, fifty uh, fifty one. Sorry, with an average of fifty five. Um, I just my team is in desperate need of surgery. Uh, I can't like each week. I'm think I've got like two or three players not playing. Um, this week I had Amati, Trent and Harrison all start and not start, basically. So I, I picked them, but none of them featured. I mean, it's typical and it's something we're going to have to get used to, I think, with COVID being around. 
that both Trent and Harrison went down with illness. But my team at the minute, I just don't have like a supporting bench. Like everyone is, um, yeah, just kind of fodder that isn't enables the rest of my team. But I had an absolute stinker with my transfers this week. I rolled one over from last week, took a minus four to get Lukaku, St. Max and Duffy in because I had Simakas, who doesn't seem like he was going to play. And then obviously that's when Klopp decided to give Robbo a rest and bring Simakas back in and we keep a clean sheet. Then I brought in St. Max, who, yeah, outscored Ings. But then I brought in Lukaku and this was the week that Jamie Vardy decided to score. So I took a minus four and still didn't even kind of break even with the players that I transferred out. So an absolute whopper from me. Um, and I've sunk, I can't remember in game week three, I think I was like top 300k was I? Yeah you, were like not, yeah, you were. No, well, game three, you were 142. Was I? 42,000, yeah. Not 142 yeah. in the in the world, because I'd say that would be impressive. <laughs> no, we definitely would have talked managed... like a lot more if you were 142nd in the world at some point, but... Now I've managed to sink to 957k. Uh, and and even Tom has gone above me. Yes, and that honestly, tells you how bad it is. I was say, I think if if you were listening last week, I think I mentioned that Cam is the one that always seems to do the best out of the three of us, and so the fact that I'm above him right now makes me incredibly happy. Um, to be honest, I think that I normally most seasons I'm probably about this rank by this point, but I've normally started poorly and built up, mm. whereas it feels worse this year because I started really well and I've dropped. Um, and so, yeah, I'm trying to stop the rot. My team is in disarray. I've got people like uh, Mason Mount getting 45 minutes here and there, um, thinking I could kind of cover off Chelsea assets. And I've just realised that you just have to have Lukaku, basically, even though he blanked on the weekend. But Or be incredibly casual and just get Kante in. So he can score a deflected worldie from 35 yards out. Well, didn't he come on at half-time as well? He came right? on half-time for Mount, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, Tilting. How's, how was your week? Yeah, really good actually. Sorry to uh, rub it in. <laughs> Cheers, um, mate. I didn't take it. My only for sure, my sub, my transfer this week wasn't great. It was for a net zero. Um, I took finally took out Embuemo, uh, which pained me, and I bought in Rafinha. Um, and now I'm hearing that Rafinha could potentially have a bit of an injury. So I basically took out Embuemo, who got eight points, for Rafinha, who got eight points. So it wasn't, you know, it's not negative, but it was also a bit annoying that I wasted a transfer on potential now injured player um i decided to go one more week without ronaldo and lukaku and uh fortunately the budget strikers of ivan tony and emmanuel dennis managed to outscore ronaldo and uh, lukaku so no minus four was needed for me on that point of view and yeah and then i managed to jam some serious jam off the bench so i had uh matt target come in for alexander arnold for a solid six points and i had uh I think everyone's favourite right now, Tino Livermento, who came in for Ferran Torres, who decided to not make appearance either, which was just absolutely glorious. Um, yeah, so I managed to jam 11 points off the bench as well, which just made it really, really fun to watch. Because I feel like when you jam points off the bench, that is like perfect. Like, you're not expecting it. You, you, like, you don't expect to score any points from them. And then they come on for 11 points. Like, that is that is nice. Well, I think I think what made this week's all the sweets was that it was Livermento away against City. And we were all expecting an absolute pounding. Uh, and that's why he was benched because you were like, this is going to be arguably minus points. Yeah. Uh, and then they managed to keep a clean sheet and arguably deservedly so. I mean, um, the goal disallowed at the end was a bit harsh for City, but, you know, realistically, they should have been down to 10 men at that point. And who knows what happens? 60 minutes gone. Uh, Southampton have half an hour left to attack. So um, 
could have been a completely different game. But yeah, I guess yeah, I guess I, I guess now you mentioned it, we, we we should probably start with it. Um, there were several interesting penalty calls this week, which I feel like none of them were given, apart from the worst penalty call in the um, Leicester Brighton game. Thoughts? What was the Leicester Brighton one again? Was it uh, um, Mope? Was, oh, the Mope one. Yeah, yeah. Mope's pulling down um, uh, Vestergaard. And yeah, he puts his hand up because he's like trying to get like pull away from it, and then he had the ball at his hand as he's falling. It's like that's not a penalty. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the replays in any great detail. I think obviously he is being fouled by Mope, but he does over exaggerate like the falling. Yeah. But it is because he's being fouled that he's doing that. Like his arm wouldn't be up if Mope wasn't pulling on him. So I guess it is a bit harsh. The I think we're both in agreement with the Adam Armstrong one and Carl Walker. That ridiculous, yeah. To, to my my thoughts on it is that I don't know that it necessarily is a stonewall penalty. Like he doesn't get the ball. Um, you could kind of argue it's a coming together, but at the same time, since the ref gave it, I don't know that it's clear and obvious for VR to overturn it or for the referee to overturn his own decision. Um, it just felt a bit weird that he goes and looks at it. Carl Walker doesn't get the ball, having given the penalty. I mean. The most I might expect is he change it to a yellow, but yeah. rescind the penalty altogether. I'm not sure how he came to that conclusion. Well, for but... me, I thought so. When they first went to VAR, obviously, when I watched it on match of the day, I was like, "Well, they've gone to VAR to overturn the red card because obviously, with double jeopardy rules, the fact that he sort of made an attempt for the ball um, for me then makes it a yellow card because it'd be like a yellow card and a penalty rather than a red and a penalty." And I feel like they've. It's almost like they've sort of got their wires crossed and he's gone, ah, oh. and then he's checked it. And then he, I don't know how, I, the problem is I don't see how he's checked that and gone, that's not a penalty because he's not got the ball. He's taken the player. Um, Obviously Armstrong's gone down. I don't, I don't even think Armstrong's gone down that like that easily, if that makes sense. It's not like, like if you have it in fast, like normal time, for me, it's not crazy. So, Well, I yeah. think like Walker does come across him. As I say, he doesn't get the ball. Um, I don't think it was a dive by any means. Um. Yeah, it was it was definitely a strange one. I've not seen the Ronaldo one though. We were driving yeah. at the time and heard the commentary, but was the Ronaldo one a penalty in your opinion? Yeah, I'm pretty confident it was. To be honest, it's like people talk about like, obviously like he goes down relatively easily, and you know there's not like a loads of contact. But at the end of the day, that's what happens in all like games now. Like players do go down easily, players do get fouled like that, and it's never that's not going to change. And I think that. You know he doesn't get any of the ball. He does get all of the player, and it's twice as well. It's not just once. I think like he, mm. Ronaldo gets taken out twice, and he doesn't get either of them. I was really interested for them to get a penalty because I really want to see who yeah, would take see it. See who was going to take yeah. it. In that situation, do you think like if Bruno was the designated penalty taker, but Ronaldo won it, that would spice things up a bit, and Ronaldo might be like, "Well, I won the pen, so I get to take it, or I should get to take it." I still, I do think Ronaldo will be on pens just because of the golden boot because he's what four goals in three games. Um, it was pretty <laughs> jarring that Ronaldo basically scored. Oh, the goal he scored was just basically he couldn't finish the first. A beautiful ball over the top by Bruno Fernandez, and I mean it was like it was gorgeous. Um, and Ronaldo obviously hits it on the volley and it goes straight to the keeper. He saves it, bounces back to him, and he scores it. Was the most jarring thing as a Bruno Fernandez owner still. And then also Bruno Fernandes hit the post as well, which is, honestly, God, it's like, it, it, the thing that's really frustrating me at the moment is the fact that Bruno Fernandes could have outscored Ronaldo on both of these games so far. And it's just a bit of luck. And I feel like the, as soon as I make the transfer of a minus four to get Ronaldo in for Bruno Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes will now score another hat-trick. So 
I'm still trying, maybe going to hold off for a little bit, which is my own, I'm digging my own grave here, but yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I think if you feel that way, then it probably is best to hold off. The only thing is that, yeah, Ronaldo has got lucky, but I think he creates his own luck. Like he is, I, I tweeted this week being like when Ronaldo taps in for the 84th time and it's a clip of um, what's his face from Breaking Bad being like, he can't keep getting away with it <laughs> because it is so ridiculous that he just seems to score tap nowadays. But then he puts himself in the position to do that. Granted, this week was just following in the rebound for his own shot, but, um, you know, his goal in midweek in the Champions League and uh, the one against uh, Newcastle, um, the first one was just him being in the right place at the right time. Um, and I think that's what you're paying 12.5 million for because he'll score 15 of those this year. And then you add on the fact that he'll score loads of other ridiculous goals. Like, um, I, th- I I think he's going to be coming in for me very shortly. Yeah, well, I think it was something stupid. Like, I think he had, I'm not sure if I'm correct with his stat, but I think he had like seven shots on target against um, West Ham. Mm. Like, And it's like, on another day, he could have had a lot of goals in that game. Um, yeah. Arsenal, obviously, another 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 win. Well, an, um, another win. A win. And, uh, <laughs> well, two on the bounce and a clean, and a clean, and a clean sheet. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale, that's interesting for me. I'm very Definitely. much watching that one. Um, that could be a, that could be a potential wild card for me if he because they've got a nice, not a bad run for Arsenal. Uh, if he went on, on my wild card, he I think he could come in as a four point five mil keeper. Well, it's on the FDR, and obviously this is the best metric going, but. Um... They do have a nice run of fixtures to, on paper, like if you're just looking at the left-hand column where you've got threes and twos, but they do have Spurs next, who obviously aren't firing on all cylinders, but they then go to Brighton away, which is, you know, Brighton are their third. Fourth, are they fourth, now? fourth in fourth the league. Fourth now. Um, you know, no mugs. Palace at home, you would probably expect Arsenal to win that, but Palace look like they've got decent goal-scoring threat this year. Villa at home again, not an easy team. And then Leicester. So it's only really when they get to Watford in game week 11 that you have a team that you probably expect them to keep a clean sheet against. Now, it's not to say that in that run of games they won't keep a clean sheet, but I don't know. I think we might have missed the boat on Ramsdale. Like see, when you've got... my, th- my thoughts on it, on it were uh, Arsenal's defence in front of him is absolutely shite. So he will literally be battered with shots. And so he's going to get some points on there, that, that metric as well. I think um, the first thing, though, is he, is he actually going to... I know he has started the past two league games, but does he necessarily yeah, keep his place uh, over two, Leno? Two clean sheets, that's you know, it's not to be sniffed at, to be honest, I don't no. think. And and the fact that they weren't you know, they were conceding goals previously. You know, he made three saves on the weekend. Um so yeah, pretty pretty tasty stuff. Um have you seen the the weird stat as well? I think it's like Liverpool and Chelsea have recorded the same results in the first five games. Like every single result has been identical. So like oh, Liverpool won three 0 this week, Chelsea won three 0 this week. It was like last week. Um, we won three nil. They won three nil. Chelsea won three nil, and it literally goes all back to game week one, which is very very weird. And then obviously we drew against each other. Yeah, exactly. One. And we both won two nil, and um, then we both won three nil as well. <laughs> I saw that we both only conceded one goal all season, which is ridiculous. Um, in five games, and now we do probably have two of the best defenses in the league, but that's still very impressive. Yeah, and then not an honest, it, it would be it would be harsh really to miss out Watford Norwich as well. And, and Newcastle Leeds, we haven't spoken about that. That was a, a very good game. It was, you know, at the end, you know, the result's a bit dull, but it was a good game to watch. And then, yeah, for sure. And then yeah, Watford Norwich, which was obviously 
um, yeah, battle of battle of the proposed relegation candidates. I think it was put out at the start, but you know, I thought Watford looked really good. What was six point to five game weeks in? I think yeah, not to be too much of a downer on Norwich, but I think lots of people are going to look good against them. They they try, but I feel like they are. There almost should be another league created for them um, and teams like them and Fulham where they just yo-yo like they should because they're better than the championship but they're just worse than the Premier League. Yeah, not like <laughs> so Brentford always... we're 100% Prem quality. So Well, Brentford are European candidates, so you know. <sighs> Ninth in the league at the moment, mate. That's, that's, exactly. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think to end uh, what we you know, the, re- the review I guess of this week is I'm definitely going to talk about Thomas Frank after the game and what he said about Bruno Large which honestly <laughs> God I think I, again I tweeted it earlier but it was the most perfect perfect thing so I think to Bruno Large basically so Bruno Large came out and said that uh, he was really angry that Brentford were time wasting and uh, Thomas Frank to quote Thomas Frank he said I could ask Bruno Large what he would have done if he was leading a newly promoted team we're just a bus stop in Hounslow playing against Wolves establishing the Premier League with 10 times our budget leading 2-0 away 10 versus 11 I think his players would lose a bit of time also but I can also speak about how his first half went you look at the games and we did deserve to win yes expected goals big chances everything when it was 11 versus 11 and when it was 10 versus 11 you don't use excuses just say you lost to the better team on the day oh god injected <laughs> into my veins I, oh my god I, I literally I was like I, wa- I watched his interview afterwards as well and I was just like yep yeah, I, I like this guy <laughs> that's, that's the man I want to marry yeah 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 to be fair I do love him so um, yeah who doesn't I, I don't want to go on to it too much because I feel like it just becomes a Brentford podcast every time I've got my little bit of a a little bit of a rant but yeah they were they were good they were very good Mate, we're all here it for it don't you worry we'll leave it there so yeah um, move on then so if we yeah. move on to uh, Would You Rather no we won't move on to Would You Rather Christ getting ahead of myself Someone, someone's keen <clears throat> we'll go on to Snogmire Avoid so if you haven't listened to us before uh, Snogmire Avoid is our little uh, our little game that we play uh, where we basically bring in we basically suggest a player that we would snog uh, a short term a short term option and uh, marry someone that we want in for the long term and someone to avoid someone who everyone else is getting a little bit excited about but we just don't really fancy them um, so yeah do you want to start this week or, and go with your snog yeah so my snog uh, someone who was you know if it, if they did this uh, transfer in isolation then it was inspired Um Bring in St. Max for Danny Ings. Uh, I mean, Ings still providing assists, but St. Max got a goal and two bonus for Newcastle in their draw against Leeds. Um, to be honest, I've not watched an awful lot of Newcastle this year, and I didn't even realise that Callum Wilson was out injured, but I'd seen and heard a lot of fanfare about St. Maximin. Um, and, you know, when he's on it, he is Newcastle like, comfortably. Newcastle's one of if they're be- one of the best, if not the- their best player. Um, and he's had a pretty solid start to the season with uh, now two goals and two assists in the first five games um, with only a price of six point, well, when I got him in 6.6, now 6.7. Um, I think he is a good alternative to some of the kind of, uh, what's the word, you know, the most template sort of mid mid mid-price strikers, um, you know, your Ings, for example, um, your Bamford's, I mean, Bamford's a bit more expensive nowadays, but <clears throat> your Chris Woods, these sorts of players, he's a, he's a bit of an alternative. Um, and as long as he can stay fit, you know, he's only 10.9% owned at the minute. 
I think with the run of games that Newcastle have coming up, they're not the worst fixtures. Um, you know, they've they've got Watford newly promoted, who seem to be, you know, a good side, but they leak goals. Uh, Wolves, the game after that, um, they're not in particularly inspiring form, having just lost 2-0 to Brentford. Um, Spurs, again, out of sorts. They can have holes picked in them. And Crystal Palace away. Um, I just think... For someone who, you know, I'll use the lovely word that we love, lively, uh, <laughs> as St. Max, uh, I think he's worth a punt, particularly for those next four games and beyond, maybe, if he can stay fit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He was um, he was really good. I, I, I actually really enjoyed watching him um, on Friday night. Uh, I actually like his fixtures past Chelsea as well. So after game week 10, he's got Brighton, Brentford, uh Arsenal, who we're not sure which Arsenal's turning at the moment, and Norwich and Burnley. So all the way up to 16. Uh, you could include Leicester, depending on if they've picked up the minute, at that yeah. point. Um, so yeah, all the way from now, really, to game week 16, apart from maybe the Chelsea fixture and potentially a tough, well, Tottenham and Arsenal in there. But you know, again, you don't know what, which one's turning up at the moment. Um, yeah, he's really good. Um, I think a lot of people were worried at the start because obviously he was a midfielder last year. Um, and he's been obviously reclassified as a forward this year, but he is playing as a striker. Like he is playing up top, um, and he was playing up top with Wilson, I think, as well. So, yeah, for me, I like it. I like it. Um, for that price point, I'd rather have Ivan Tony, but then you know who wouldn't? <laughs> so yeah, most most normal people wouldn't, but that's true. That's true. So yeah, Saint Max is a good shout then. <laughs> um, my pick this week for my snog is going to be uh, Connor Gallagher. Um, I feel like potentially I'm a little bit behind the boat on this one because I feel like a lot of people were talking about him last week. But I feel similarly to what's happened with Ben Rama this week. I know obviously it was a bit of a dodgy goal he scored, but everyone sort of just was like, oh, we'll chuck Ben Rama away now, he's done with. Um, and everyone sort of just left, not really think, talking about it anymore. I feel like Conor Gallagher is one of those players that everyone should be talking about again because the last two games previous to obviously Liverpool this weekend was against uh, Tottenham, who up until that game were top of the league and before that was against the West Ham team who everyone's absolutely raving about and against West Ham he scored two goals which were both brilliant um, and he got two assists against Tottenham um, he looks absolutely unbelievable and he's only 5.6 million so he's now 1.1 million uh, less than Damari Gray who let's be honest their Everton side got absolutely demolished by Aston Villa on the weekend Um Palace don't have the most unbelievable fixtures, but I just think he's such a good enabler and he's playing so well. Um, Brighton up next. Then they've got Leicester, who are you know obviously out of sorts. Uh, again, Arsenal, we're not sure where they're going to be. Then they've got Newcastle, who oh, I know we just talked about them, but from a from a conceding goals point of view at the moment, I think they've conceded the most, if if not very close to the most. Uh, a tough game against Man City, but then they've got Wolves, Burnley, Aston Villa and Leeds. And I just think that he's a perfect enabler at 5.6 mil. And for me, there's no one in that bracket, who I'd rather have. Um, and I'm also including Brian and Buemo in that, so that makes me sad. But um, yeah, there's no one there that for me would be a better bet than Conor Gallagher. And, uh, with a Palace side that started off quite badly and obviously just been battered by Liverpool, but obviously showed that they can attack and they can score goals against Tottenham and West Ham. So yeah, for me, Conor Gallagher looks like an exciting prospect. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I'm... As and when I play my wild card, which is probably getting closer by the minute, um, Gallagher will probably be uh, in that in that um, bunch of transfers. He, 
I was looking earlier this season, you know, when picking my team and since making transfers since then for that sort of cheap midfielder last season, it was Suchek in around 5 to 5.5. And no one really stood out either, you know, just on paper as a good bargain or, you know, showing early season form. Um, And I must admit, did think Gallagher was kind of a, a flash in the pan with his two goals against West Ham. But the highlights that I've seen of the Palace games, he's been playing really far forward and arriving in the box. Um, whereas last season for West Brom, he seemed to be a bit more of a, a four sitting in the middle, um, kind of breaking up slash dictating the play for West Brom, which, you know, he played really well for West Brom, but on a fantasy point of view, he wasn't getting any points um, just because the way the game set up. But this year with him, as I say, arriving in the box and playing further forward, he he's getting those chances to set up and score goals. So I think their fixture run looks quite nice. Palace have been quite competitive this year. So again, that's not to say that they'll necessarily win any of these games, but they can at least get score draws or, you know, score losses. That's not a phrase, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I like that punt. Yeah. Um, Marys. Now, I'm not gonna lie, mate. Your one is is, is already is already grinding with me. So you go, <laughs> you go, and I'll rant. So, yeah, my uh, my Mary is Alonso. <clears throat> Josh and uh, Tom talked about it last week. Whether uh, they would rather have Alonso or Chilwell. Um, and two weeks ago, I would have agreed with Tom uh, that I would either be getting Chilwell in or holding fire and not having Alonso until Chilwell starts but it's looking increasingly likely with the kind of continued good performances that Alonso's putting in that he is Tuchel's kind of uh, preferred uh, striker left back at the minute Uh, I mean he's playing so far forward he may as well be Chelsea's striker but um, I think Yes, Chilwell came back from the international break later than some of the other players, but Jorginho came back at a similar time. You know, he he made the final as well and he's been starting. Um, so I think that Alonso has kind of clearly made his case for the starting left-back position. Um, this is not to say that this won't change, but I think he's kind of recaptured that form of two or three years ago. And, you know, I kind of made a joke at the start of this year that how how he's fallen being previously like an 8 mil defender and he was 5.5 at the start of this season but he has recaptured that form that means he's worth you know Trent's sort of money 7.5 8 million um, so you're getting an absolute steal for is he 5.7 at the minute yeah he's, um, he's jumped up a bit but yeah he's still relatively cheap uh, in terms of you know for, for the output that he's defenders. giving yeah yeah for the output he's giving as I say he yeah he's 5.7 Still, I say like only 17% owned given the output. You know, he's got 10, 10 points against Spurs with an assist and a clean sheet. Um, he then got five in the last game with a clean sheet and a yellow card against Villa, two against Liverpool where they conceded, but six against Arsenal for a standard clean sheet and then 15 against Palace. He's got 38 points. He is, is he the top scoring midfielder? Let me just get the total score. He is. And now it's decided to mess up. He's fourth uh, behind Ben Rama, Antonio, and Salah. Um, but he's only a point behind Ben Rama and Antonio. So he's effectively the second top scoring uh, player in the game. Uh, and he's 5.7. So the points per million value you're getting there 
you know, at the minute he's outscoring Trent. Granted, it's only four points, but Trent's a million, just under a million and a half more expensive. Um, so for me, it's a it's a no brainer really. I think Alonso has kind of proven that he is the starting left back for Chelsea. Uh, now they do have City up up next, um, but you know, I think he could easily get two points in that game. You know, City might score, but I'm not kind of certain that they'll score a hat load against Chelsea. So I think if you are looking at him, you could very well get him in this week and ride out that fixture. And then after that, they've got Southampton, Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley, Leicester between game week 7 and 12. Uh, And even after that, you know, I think he is one to keep for the season possibly, unless Chilwell comes back in. But yeah, that doesn't look likely. Um. <laughs> He's left, a stupid prick. Um, I do think Jill's going to come in. I've no, I keep harping on about, it and I've said it now like several weeks. And at some point, I'm just going to have to, I'm just going to have to accept that I'm wrong. But at the moment, How about now, no, <laughs> there's no way that he can play all season. If, Why not? Even if, even if like a lot, even if like um, Chill was fallen out of favour with him, like they've still got. Um, Emerson. Uh, is Emerson still with him? Or has he gone loan, actually? Oh, crap. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I just can't see it. I just don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but oh, it's really annoying me because I just don't think he is. And it's one of those where I sort of want to get, I don't want to get him in, but I just feel like as soon as I do get him in at some point, because I've already said, you know, if, if, if he's still playing, when I do play more wildcards, I've got to bring him in. I just feel like I'm going to get him in and then all of a sudden he's going to get benched. Like, it'll be interesting this week because obviously we've got Carabao Cup this week. Uh, oh, is Chelsea involved? Yeah, they, well, they will be. Is it, what round are we at? Um, I don't know. I didn't even know that was happening this week. Yeah, we've got Tuesday, Carabao Cup. And playing, they're playing Villa on, on Wednesday, sorry. So yeah, that's obviously coming this week. And so it'll be interesting to see if Chilwell actually gets some minutes because they've got to play somebody. They can't play Alonso for what, 50 games this season. And Ben Chilwell is a £50 million player who's currently sat on the bench. Like, I just don't understand where that's going. And I think overall, Ben Chilwell is a better player like than Alonso. I know Alonso's playing really well at the moment, but if you're looking towards a player who, like, long-term is going to be your, your starting left-back, it's Ben Chilwell. So for me, I just don't... So he must have done something. Like, I don't know whether he called Tuchel a while Luigi looking prick or, um, you know, I don't know did something ridiculously stupid that we're not aware of at the moment, but something seems to be going on. But the only thing is like things do change throughout the season. You know, people train harder and work their way into the team, but I don't see why with Alonso in the form that he he's in and, you know, he's started against he's well, he started in big, big games against Liverpool, for example, and he started in kind of lesser games. Why Tuchel would change from someone who's in good form in the flow, seems to be, you know, playing... as a, And the reason I chose, like, Liverpool against, for example, you know, Palace, and, you know, he started against Spurs, that's a big game for Chelsea still. Um, you know, he might think, oh, he's attacking, but defensively he's a bit suspect, so I won't play him against the bigger teams, but where we're going to dominate the ball uh, and he can get forward and stuff, I'll play him then and I'll play Chilwell in the bigger games. He's not done that. And as I said, I don't think, you know... 
Chilwell playing late into the summer is a factor because he's had other players who were involved late into the summer. For mm. example, Jorginho, who's come back into the fold and played straight away. Um, so as I say, like there are kind of more factors at play. You know, Alonso could stop training very well and Chilwell could be inspired and then they, they, they swap. But for me, there's no real indicators right now that suggest Chilwell's going to come in. If he was going to, I'd have expected to him by now. So, yeah. I know, I know, I know. You don't like Alonso, but I think he's uh, he's It's not that I don't like him. It's just the fact that he always scores loads of points, and every time I get him in, he gets bloody benched. So maybe I will bring him in. (laughs) Maybe I will bring him in just so he gets bloody benched finally, and then Chilwell comes in. Um, I'm going to say it one more time. But if Chilwell does come in, then he is now five point six mil, starting at six mil, and that could be quite tasty. Oh yeah, for sure. It's just is he going to start? (laughs) Well, when he starts, sorry, I'm still confident. Well, I think we could go down a real rabbit hole with uh, you yeah. and Alonso, so I think it's yeah, best we move on to your marry. Yeah, okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> someone that someone that is definitely no need to talk about uh, with regards to starting, not starting, is Mikel Antonio. Um, the reason I've just I've brought him in as my marry this week is um, obviously I think a lot of people thought about potentially removing him last week. Um, obviously, if you've already moved him from last week, then well, unlucky you've already done it. Um, I've also seen, you know, people are talking about obviously Ronaldo and Lukaku and, you know, where can you save some money? Obviously you can save some money in the forward positions. For me, Antonio is a season keeper. Um, he's proven time and time again that he can score against any of the big teams. Um, he is playing really well. He's incredibly well rested for this week's fixture against Leeds, who currently have... Do they have a centre-back? Two defenders, left? I think. Do they have a, do they have a centre-back left? Well, now that Ailing's gone, I think they've got two defenders, some total. Yeah. So yeah, no, I don't even think Koch is for it fit actually. So no, he's not. Yeah, so um, Mikel Antonio, especially for this week, they have a lovely run of fixtures for the next few games. I believe I'd say uh, Leeds, pretty tough game against Brentford. Um, then they've obviously got Everton, who've just been battered three 0 Again, Everton have been up and down, but they have conceded quite a lot of goals. Uh, Tottenham, again, as we said already, this 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 podcast, we're not sure if Tottenham have been good or bad or or, or what they are at the moment. Um, and then Villa, um, who yeah we can see either will be brilliant or be terrible at the moment. It seems to be they are, they're all in, all over the place. But I don't think it really matters who he plays because I think he can score against all of them. West Ham have been playing really well, um, and and I think that if you're getting going to get in someone like Ronaldo or Lukaku, I don't see a reason why Mikel Antonio can't match them for points this year. Apart from maybe the fact he's not on pens. Well, Ronaldo. Well. I think he is. He, he missed, uh, I think, his last Premier League one, but I feel like he's taken one in the cup competition from them and scored. Depends if, I guess it um, depends if uh, David Moyes decides to bring on uh, <laughs> Mark Noble in the last Mark minute. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, who would have thought that we'd see the day where on a game week transferred in where he didn't play and Ronaldo played and scored, Mikel Antonio is more transferred in than Ronaldo this week. Yeah, love it. I think two hundred seventeen k, and he's on two hundred twenty two, and he didn't play this week. To be fair, that might be because about ninety percent of the game own Ronaldo at the moment, so not enough people can bring him in to actually go above Antonio. But yeah, but like he Antonio didn't play this week. No, I know Ronaldo played and scored for like the third game in a row, and more people are transferring in Antonio than Ronaldo. He is mental. 
absolutely yeah. mental. I um, think, yeah, he's that, that, been, he's literally, in my team. that literally says everything, I think. I think it's one of those that if you haven't got him, get him. Um, I think for me, he has the, maybe not the ability. I, I don't think he's like, you know, he's not as good as Ronaldo. He's not as good as Lukaku, but he scores goals. So then I guess actually, is he as good as Ronaldo? No, I can't, you can't say that. That's a silly comment, isn't it? But if he's scoring goals, get him in because he's going to continue to score goals. And as long as he stays fit and those hamstrings hold together, um, then yeah, he's, he's going to score goals against the next... I think people just need, need to remember. So the first three game weeks, he's got a 13, a 16 and an 11 pointer. Like, that is ridiculous. Then he got sent off because he's a moron. But I mean... Um, then he got a minus two. Then he got... Yeah, they, well, you got minus two. Or he only got minus one. <laughs> um, so yeah, get in, get in, get in Mikel Antonio. Uh, 33% of the game own him. Um, he's going to score goals. And yeah, there's no reason not to have him. Yeah, no, he's in my team and he will be for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, so I think avoids next. Interestingly, before we start, James Rodriguez has gone to Qatar for talks before a potential move. I saw this, yes. So One of the most farcical... I know, I know, like, in a way it's sweet, you know, he went for Ancelotti because they've got a great relationship, but then Ancelotti, Ancelotti left him in the lurch. But, like, he's still playing in the Prem. Like, surely you've got to enjoy that. Uh, Have you heard how much money he's on? No, is he even ridiculous? That's why they want him gone. Two hundred thousand oh. pound a week. Yeah, but if Angelotti had stayed, then they would have kept him, and it would have been no drama. It's like I'm pretty I sure it's more still... than Harry Kane. Well, wouldn't surprise me. Spurs are absolute stingy bastards. But <laughs> um, yeah, just thought that was interesting. So I would say avoid Hamas Rodriguez because he's pissing off to Qatar. Um, but I'd also say avoid, and this could be be a bit controversial, but avoid Jack Grealish. Um, of all the City players to recommend to avoid, you probably would have him as the last one because he started every game um, and seems to be a, a favourite of Pep. But he's not had the sort of effect that I would have hoped that he would have. Um, you know, it is difficult. He's got into a new team, but he's playing with some of the best players in the Premier League and he knows the Premier League. You know, he's been playing there for three or four seasons now at the top, like, you know, at the peak of his powers. He obviously played prior to that but since he's come back you know he's been playing his best football um and to only have one goal and one assist to show from the first five games when they've had pretty decent opposition really um you know and especially considering that two of those three games uh five games sorry they scored 10 goals and he only managed to get a goal and assist in each of them um it's a bit of a disappointing output for me uh really um they then have Chelsea and Liverpool up next, which, you know, they in the past they've torn both of those teams apart. But I think both of those teams are in recent form look better than than City. Um and I think it could be wrong, but I feel like it's inevitable before he starts being rotated with some of City's other wealth of midfielders. So um I'm not quite set on getting him out of my team yet but if you didn't have him in I wouldn't be advising to get him in and that's kind of why I'm saying to avoid because you know he's almost out of my team um and even if he was staying I would say don't rush to get him in yeah it's an interesting one um I think I disagree with you no actually no I definitely disagree with you um Mainly because, like you said, he's played every single game. Um, I think if I see that he plays against Chelsea and plays against Liverpool, 
then for me, he'll be someone I'm looking at bringing in, actually. Because I think everyone's looking at the fact that they've obviously just had a nil-nil draw with Southampton. But obviously Pep rotated his team quite a lot for that Southampton game. And it obviously didn't work very well. Um, they've also beaten Norwich 5-0 this year and beaten Arsenal 5-0 this year. Um, obviously, they got they lost to Tottenham first game of the season. They've beaten Leicester 1-0. Um, but they're not a team who doesn't who can't score goals. Yeah, but that, that's not the point I'm making, is the fact that they have scored goals, but he's not been involved. But I think he will. I, I think it's just natural. That's what I'm that, saying. Like He obviously played and scored in midweek and got an assist as well against Leipzig. But I, I would have expected more from him. Um, and he's not really been heavily involved in their play either. Uh, of what I've seen of City, he seems to not been going through the motions. Like I think he's been trying, but and it, and I guess obviously it's difficult because he's gone from being the main man at Villa to being one of City's players at City. Like he's not the guy that everything is going to go through. But I would be hoping for more from him for the calibre of player that he is and for eight million, you know, it's not breaking the bank, but there are players who are cheaper and have scored more points than him this season. For example, Ben Rama. So in all this time I've owned Jack Grealish, I could have had Ben Rama, who is the second top scoring player. Yeah, I I'm for me it's just a wait and see and see what happens in the next couple of games, I think. Uh, for me, if you can if you can find a Man City player that's a, a dead set and a start every week, you get that player in no matter what. Because like the, he, he, points will go through him at some point. Like he'll have a he'll have a, spe, a, a spell, and it's not like we're talking about a player who's like not proven in the prem. It's Jack Grealish who was absolutely ridiculous for Villa last year. Who only you know maybe he's taking a bit more time to get used to the players he's playing around. You know he's not playing in the same team that he's played for for the last Christ. I don't even know how many years he's at Villa, but he's obviously used to the way they play. He's used to the way they're set up, and it's only a matter of time to that clicks. And there's a reason that he was worth a hundred odd million in in summer. And so for me, it's only a matter of time until he does click. And when he clicks, it, you're going to be scared if you don't own him. I mean, it is it is early doors in the season. And so some of this is definitely skewed and probably a bit ridiculous to compare. But for example, Canos has scored more points, well, the same amount of points as Jack Grealish this year. And he is 5.5. Uh, Ager has scored one more point than him and he's 4.5. Jot has scored more points than him getting into more kind of realistic comparisons. Uh, Son scored more points than him. You know, even Torres has played nowhere near the same amount of minutes and he scored more points than Grealish, obviously skewed by that one game where he got 18. But I think, you know, St Max has scored more than him. He's obviously a striker. Damari Gray has scored more than him. Gallagher, who we talked about earlier, like um, there is a whole host of players who are the same, if not cheaper, but we're not and talking about like it's not like he's had no output. Like he's got a goal and an assist in his first five games. Like yes, yeah. I don't feel that's a bad. That's not a bad start like to your career. Um, but I think I would. I would, as I said, I just think I would expect more from him, and especially for that that amount of money. I think I would just. I just think he's underperforming. Um, and as I say, it's not even that he's scored those two goals, uh, scored that goal and got that assist, so had those two goal involvements, and he's looked really threatening as well. Like, from what I've seen, as I said, like, he hasn't been heavily involved in City's kind of attacking um, kind of threat. Um, And the goal he has scored, you know, he was in the right position at the right time, but it literally bounced in off him. Like, it could easily have not gone in. 
Um, so we could just be talking about one assist in five games for one of the top scoring teams. If we talk about an opposite of that, though, then we, everyone's talking about obviously Ferran Torres and going, oh, Ferran Torres because he's their starting striker. Well, I've got him in my team, but he's only ever he's only pointed in one game. He just pointed big in one game. That's all. Yeah, and as I said, I did, I did point out that it is skewed by that one return, but at the same time, he has returned those points, and Grealish hasn't. So, um, and you know, for City, City are the third top scoring team with eleven goals. Only Chelsea, Liverpool, and United are ahead of them. And I, who was it? You who mentioned that crazy stat that they scored like a stupid number of goals and had a crazy number of different goal scorers I can't remember the exact no, it was, stat it was, it was Josh I think but I know which one you mean yeah it's like 13 different goal scorers in a in in all the games is that right like I can't remember I mean that's Champions League as well I think which, which is great in one way because it tells you that, that you can get points from them all over the pitch but then it's also not great because you can't really focus on any one player to have in your team that's going to guarantee you goals um, I think I would avoid Grealish because I think there is just a wealth of mid-price midfielders as well as premium price midfielders that you might want to have in your team and instead I'd actually think I'd prefer to have a City defender because they've kept apart from that first game against Spurs they've kept four clean sheets on the bounce so I would save some money in midfield and reinvest it in the defence with one of their kind of and I know they're few and far between but assured starting defenders yeah maybe I think I'd rather, yeah, Kinsella, I think Kinsella would be interesting for me there on that one. But yeah, to honest, at some point this season, I will have triple Man City and he will more than likely be in the frame to come in with that. So um, I feel like a lot of people are just not even think about City at the moment, which is a bit strange. But, you know, in a few weeks time, they actually have a really nice run. So it's going to be interesting to see the change. Good old effect of ownership. I'll be nice and quick on mine this week because I think like it's not really a lot of people are talking about it, but I think it's more of a flash in the pan one. Um, Ismail Issar, um, he's six point one mil. I think Gallagher's better. Uh, sorry, I think Gallagher's better value. I don't think he's better particularly, but um, yeah, obviously Ismail Issar scored two goals on the weekend. He got three bonus points. They were playing Norwich, who have zero points and have conceded a ridiculous amount of goals already this season. Well, they've season. got a goal difference of minus 12. So. Yeah, they've conceded 14 goals this season. Like, Watford actually looked like a half-decent team. I don't know what's happened to Norwich because they don't look like the team that was playing last year in the Championship. Um, yeah, they've got Newcastle and Leeds next, so if you're getting him in for two game weeks only, then maybe, but I just don't think he... I don't think he's going to perform as much as everyone is hyping it up. Like, I don't think... He's obviously a great player, but I don't think he's going to get the output that he... I don't think he's going to get the output that's needed, really. He's had a great start. Obviously, big big score on the weekend. Um, but he obviously got beat by Brian. They've been beat by Tottenham. They got beat by Wolves. Uh, I don't, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not sold on it. I don't think it's I don't think it's your best investment in money. I personally prefer Conor Gallagher. And I think you'd to drop down what, 0.5 of a mil now to Gallagher... Or you could even drop down to maybe like Decore, um, someone like that. Save that extra bit of, I think 0.6 of a mil this year is potentially quite a lot of money. So nice and short, nice and sweet. I wouldn't get an Ismail Sar. Yeah, I won't contest it too much. Um, and, and I'll move on to Would You Rather and you'll see why. Um, but yeah, Would You Rather is uh, a game that we play... We just we just love games in this podcast. Um, so we aren't very serious. So <laughs> no, we're not. But uh, it would be with Josh here. I w- I would propose 
a player, uh, two players to each of the boys and they would have to quick fire, choose one of them and back it up with some reasoning. Um, and we do that three times. So as I said, I've kind of given a hint, but for this first one, uh, Tom to go first, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's Melisar or Rafinha. Yeah, well, Rafinha all day. That's a, that's an easy one for me, I think. Well, oh, well, I guess you've kind of already given your reasoning. I'd be tempted to say Saar. Um, I think it's not quite as cut and dry. Um, and obviously, yeah, kind of skewed in that Watford have played Norwich and Leeds haven't yet. But so far, three goals for Saar, two for Rafinha. Um, Leeds, you know, I think we all expected big things from them after last season. Um, and they have had a tough start and, you know, there's the potential for second season syndrome as well. But I think I would have expected Rafinha to be more of a threat. And, you know, he could have easily had another another goal on the weekend against Newcastle. Uh, he had that shot that he dilly-dallied and by the time he finally took it, four players were on the line and Dala was in front of him. Um, but I think Saar could be a good shout. Um, you ha- you have just listed off that, you know, they've lost three out of their first five games, won the other two. Not the worst start for a newly promoted team. Um, and in the three games they lost, they didn't score. But, you know, in the two games they have won, they've netted three and he got uh, in three in each and he scored half of those goals. So I think he is uh, got a decent threat. Um, you know, one of those games was against Villa, who's an established Prem side. Uh, and coming up, they've got Newcastle at home. We've already established they're not the most offensively sound. Uh, then they go to we- go away to Leeds, another kind of leaky team. Um, I think they've got a mixture of good fixtures and he's, you know, a really good player and he's proved that over the past few seasons so I think there is a good kind of argument for having Saar uh, and then you throw in the fact that he's actually cheaper than Rafinha um, and a slight caveat that's unfortunate after the weekend but Rafinha is potentially injured now so yeah um, yeah so I'm talking about it from obviously if Rafinha's fit type yeah. of thing and for me it's which player poses the most threat and which team do I think is going to score the most goals and I think from a threat point of view, they probably they probably well playing similar positions. Um, uh, I don't know Sauron Sauron free kicks and and corners as well. Not sure. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on it. I'd say that probably someone like Cleverly probably is or something like that. But yeah, I don't think he is. But I feel like Rafinha himself has more. I, I prefer Rafinha as a pick. I feel like Leeds are going to score more goals this year, and I feel like. Although Saar will probably more than likely be involved in more of Watford's goals, I feel like the quantity of goals Leeds will score this year. Everyone's talking about Leeds having quite a bad start to the season, but for me, they had a start a bad start to the season against teams that they were expected to have a bad start against at the start of the season. Like they had United first game of the season, who have obviously proven now that they're playing really well. And Chinese Leeds always struggled against United for some reason in the last what last year, and obviously. 5-1 loss in the first game week. Then had Everton, who have been playing well, obviously got battered by Villa um, on the weekend, but you know generally been quite good. Burnley's always been a relatively tough team to break down, even though they've not looked quite as good this year. And then, obviously, Liverpool. Um, and then and he scored against Everton, he scored against Newcastle. And I just think that, and, and with especially with the run of fixtures they have at the moment now, of like West Ham, Watford, Southampton, Wolves and Norwich, like... I would be scared if I didn't own Rafinha, I think, or a Leeds attacker, so Bamford or Rafinha. And so I'd rather have Rafinha, and I don't think I'm going to... I feel like I'm, if I'm missing out on Saar points, I'm not really that bothered, whereas I think if I'm missing out on Rafinha points, I'm like, well, I should have had him in. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I think Rafinha probably is the pick, but I don't think it's quite so standard as, oh yeah, been off, been off Saar. Um, but that's your opinion. You're entitled to it. I know I am. I bloody well am, yeah. <laughs> it might be shit, but you're entitled yeah, I mean, to it. <laughs> I might be wrong, but I don't care. <laughs> All right, next one. Moving on to the kings of the enablers. Uh, would you rather have Livermento or Duffy? Livermento. And why? Um, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> for me... I know it is. It is, yeah. I think I think Southampton have looked better than they did at the start. Obviously, draw against United, if I remember. Draw nil-nil to West Ham. And obviously, they're drawing against Man City this weekend. And I think defensively, they've actually looked not bad. Um, Brighton just seemed to be conceding when... I know, obviously, Brighton are playing really well. But there's always that question. I know there's there's a lot of injuries in the Brighton defence at the moment, so Duffy does seem to be like the most likely to keep his place. Um, but there was even talk of Livermento potentially, I think, on the weekend, he got pushed slightly forward as well. What, playing like right back? Yeah, well, like right wing back, right winger. Maybe. Thoughts. Um, but yeah, obviously, I think Livermento offers a bit more than Duffy, because obviously Duffy, I think, is playing, is he playing right centre-back? Is that correct? Probably. And I know he obviously scored a goal, and he's got an assist, but the assist was dubious, and the goal he scored was I think it was his first ever is it his first ever Premier League goal it was his first goal in like so many stupid amount of years and so I just think Livermento is your better option there um, yeah and I think I think actually Livermento is cheaper than Duffy now as well yeah Duffy's had a few price rises so he's up at 4.3 whereas Livermento's still down at 4.1 um, I don't know I think it's um, six one half dozen the other because well, I mean, actually, no, it's not. It's clear. Shane Duffy, he's got an ICT index of 38 and Livermento's got an ICT index of 139. So oh, Duffy shit. is 101 times better than Livermento. I hate you. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I think Southampton have got two clean sheets on the bounce. Um, Brighton so far have two clean sheets this season. Obviously, you pointed out Duffy had that goal. Um, and then, yeah a questionable assist this weekend. I think Brighton when I when I think about it, I would say that Brighton are the more defensively sound team, so I'd expect mm. them to keep more clean sheets, but Southampton have been remarkably good this year. I mean, they've not had the best results. They've got four draws on the bounce and a for opening day loss against Everton. But, you know, in those three of those four games, they've played you know, uh, I'll have a look at the league quickly uh, just to remind myself. United, four, Man They City. played three of the top eight in playing West Ham, City and Man United. Um, you know, they're not easy games and in two of those they kept clean sheets. So mm. um, they are showing more promise. Um, but I think I would err on the side of Duffy because um, he has that proven set-piece threat. You know, Livermento could counter that with playing right wing back now. Um, but as I say, I think Brighton probably have the defensive prowess over Southampton. And in their next three games, they've got Palace and Norwich, who you could very well see them keeping a clean sheet against. And even Arsenal at home. You know, Arsenal have scored and kept two clean sheets themselves in the past two games. But they've only won those games 1-0. So they're not, you know, free-flowing, free-scoring 
Um, so Brighton could, could well shut them out. And Southampton have Chelsea, Leeds um, in their next three games. So those are two very free-scoring teams. Um, so I think, yeah, I think I'd err on the side of Duffy. In all, mm. in all honesty, but yeah, uh, to be honest, yeah, it, it, he's an enabler, so he'll just be on the bench for those games. Yeah, it but, is just um, fodder. But uh, but I think the interesting thing about Livermento is I think everyone's talking about Carl Walker Peters being obviously his main threat, and Carl Walker Peters played on the weekend but played left back, so pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right, and uh, we've gone from one end of the spectrum at the cheap end all the way up to the most premium of premiums. But would you rather have KDB or Bruno? Uh, KDB. Like, are we talking? About, are we talking like right now? Are we talking right now? Are we talking like right now? Right here, no, right now. Then Bruno. I'd rather Bruno. Um, well, KDB's not fit. <laughs> well, he's 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 getting minutes. Yeah, no. I right now, like as we speak, right now, I'd rather have Bruno for two more games, one more game, one more game, two more games. Uh, yeah, two more games. Villa. And then I think they've got like Everton or something. Um, KDB's got, well, Man City's Chelsea, got Liverpool. Chelsea, Liverpool. So right now I'd rather have Bruno. I think Bruno's been really unlucky not to get the goals, um, not to be involved in the goals and not to get any sort of points in the last couple of I mean, obviously he scored in the game Newcastle uh, when they won against Newcastle. I think he was unlucky not to get anything against West Ham. I think he deserved... Uh, something in that game because he played really well the fact he got a price drop after the game is just absolutely ridiculous because I know he's owned by a lot of the game and a lot of people are selling him for Ronaldo but Ronaldo didn't Bruno did enough things in there to turn himself points it's just Ronaldo got the goal um, the assist for Ronaldo's goal was Bruno Fernandes if Ronaldo didn't kick it at the goalkeeper if that makes sense Bruno so if what didn't happen happened, then he would have exactly. been good. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. How FPL usually works: if Bruno didn't hit the woodwork, he gets in the inside of the goal, then uh, that's also a goal. So <laughs> if he scored, then he would have got points. If Bruno scored, then he would have got points. Um, and I just think that everyone's sort of jumping straight off of him. Like, my worry is I jump off of Bruno, and then he hauls. Everyone has forgotten that Bruno Fernandez scored a lot of goals last season and they weren't all from the penalty spot and he's not just a penalty merchant because he got 14 assists and he got 18 goals which I think eight of them were penalties yeah something like that I mean they do have some very favourable fixtures coming up and I think the question you have with Bruno sorry the question you don't have with Bruno that you do have with KDB is that he's starting no matter yeah. what um, and with Ever- with Villa and Everton both up next at home those aren't easy teams, particularly on the FDR. They're not easy teams, but you could well see Man United scoring four and Bruno getting two goals and assist in each of those games, like or you know a goal and two assists. Like he could be really heavily involved, um, and he does have that potential to go big. Um, I think it was just more from the fact that you know KDB got good ma- good minutes in the Champions League in midweek and then came off the bench against Southampton, um, and when he's fit. You know he's a sure starter for Pep, like so they they do end up being on that same level. Um, but I just was interested to see. I know obviously you already own Bruno, but if you'd be tempted to try and get KDB in ahead of him going big and kind of finding form. But uh, yeah, I think I'd agree with you that I'd probably have to go with Bruno right right here right now. So yeah, I think I think if I think KDB will be an option later in the year. I think now is a little bit risky. 
Um, I think you can't. It's quite hard to look past if you're getting out like a Bruno Fernandez, or if you're getting out. I don't know why you would be, but if you're getting out Salo or someone like that, and you weren't looking at Ronaldo or Lukaku, then you're making a mistake. I'd say. Well, I think you know you you've got to have. KDB for the 16th of October because this is one of the few fixtures on the calendar where you already know the score before it's actually played. Um, so on the 16th Who's of October, that? Man City are going to beat Burnley 5 0 because they're playing them at home. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, De Bruyne is going to assist at least two and score one himself. So um, you can be rest assured that you can yeah, put that plan in place and uh, you'll get some returns off the back of it. So I will, I will, uh, I'm going to caveat what I said then actually as well. If Bruno Fernandes takes Ferran Torres's place and plays false nine again like last season, then I'd rather have Kevin De Bruyne over Ronaldo and Lukaku. That's interesting. I think I would still prefer to have uh, definitely Ronaldo, maybe Lukaku, but definitely I'd prefer to have Ronaldo. I think he's just, as as much as yeah, De Bruyne is going to play false nine and do well there, Ronaldo is a number nine, so he doesn't need to be false. He will just score goals. Yeah. Yeah, I think I take back what I just said. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you if you can afford to fit three premiums in your team, because realistically you're going to keep Salah. So if you can afford to have Salah, Ronaldo, and De Bruyne, then yeah, why not? Like, because you can cover Man United with Ronaldo and not have Bruno, and then you can have De Bruyne for City, and then you can have both a false nine and a real number nine playing in yeah. your team. And if you can afford to have Salah, De Bruyne. Ronaldo and Lukaku, then what the fuck does Russia team look like? Because Christ Almighty, it must be decimated. Then, then you've been play, uh, chasing price rises at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Built up like 115 mil by game week four. Cool. All right. Well, that's that's would you rather from me. So uh, cheer, cheers for that, Thomas. That's right, mate. Next. Next. Captains. Captains. Who did you go with? I went with Mo Salah. Mo Salah? Why with Mo Salah? That's a really boring week, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, I had to limit the damage that was caused last week. So again, wasn't here to defend myself, but I thought I'd go rogue and try and capitalise on the uh, advantage I'd built up over Salah. Uh, albeit it was only two points, but then that was wiped out with Antonio getting minus two and then Salah scoring eight points. So uh, I had to just go with the safe pick this week to damage limitation. Um, so yeah, Salah got 12 for me and then Salah got 12 for himself, so... I managed to yeah. keep pace. I'm just going to pretend I like captain Ivan Tony this week because he also got 12 points. So yeah, captain <laughs> Ivan Tony this week. He was he was banging. What a, what a bloke. Um, and he yeah. did just go for Bamford. It's all England team. He went with Bamford. Yeah. Yeah. So who got returned? To be fair, it wasn't like a you know yeah. it wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, given the fact that he is doing an all England team, I was going to boast and say at least I'm outscoring Josh, but he. As we've said before, he is hamstrung to about a quarter of the game. So and is still doing actually. I think I, I still think he's doing relatively well. I like about well, he's ba- doing like better than but... you were last year. So <laughs> wow, that is harsh. <laughs> well, I mean, harsh but true. Is he actually? No, he's not. No, he's not. What are you on about? Yeah, of course, he is. He's like Most he's four point six mil. No, I mean in terms of uh, compared to Salah, like captain picks. Wise. Oh yeah, I was in shit last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, and on that note, who are you going to captain this week? Um, well, you've not got that far yet. I have, that's the thing. But my original plan was to take Bruno Fernandes out for a hit and get Ronaldo in. <laughs> well, I mean, even if you don't do that, you could still captain Bruno at home to Villa. Oh, I know. I just, to honest, it's probably going to be Antonio against Leeds. Um, I just think he's going to go big again. I, 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 you know, I think Leeds are great, but, and I really like them, but. 
they only have currently one fit centre-back and they're playing Luke Ayling at right-back who's also potentially injured. It's just like, that defence is absolutely decimated and as good a goalkeeper Melier is, he's not going to be able to save that many shots against Antonio. Yeah, I could be tempted, but the last time I went with Antonio after Salah was last week and I got minus two. So, Well, I'm not captaining <laughs> Salah against Brentford. This is true. Well, so mainly, be, you... mainly because Brentford are going to win, so... Yeah, but Salah could still score three, and you could win four three. Honestly, I'm I'm actually a little bit nervous owning triple Liverpool against Brentford because it's going to be a decimation. Like it's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> well, you, and you think that you think you're scared? I'm actually a Liverpool fan, so you know. You must be petrified. Oh, I, I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to be behind the sofa, and I'm going to watch every single minute. I'm going to drink it in. <laughs> drink it You'll in. You'll never see anything like this again. Yeah, yeah. Well, you probably will actually, because we'll win the league next year. So <laughs> you'll see everything like this again. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, oh my, oh my word! I've just looked at the league. How bad's it going for you? That is disgusting. Well, it was going well, and then the past two weeks happened. So yeah, we'll we'll go on to our league review and um, we'll give the quick shout outs to everyone who's doing well and better than us, basically. We're not actually, we're not going to call out everyone who's doing better than us because to be honest, we could be here for another we hour. Would be here so. All week. Sorry? We'd be here all week. We would be here all week. So um, if you do want to join the league quickly, uh, the code, get, grab yourself a pen and paper. Good. Uh, it's <laughs> U-E-V-A-G-U. That's U-E-V-A-G-U. And you can come join us and see how well you're doing compared to three absolute morons. Well, it will be wow. in the description even if you didn't grab that. And That's I'm true. Sure it's on Twitter as well. So I'll probably tweet again this week so with, with the code if anyone wants to join because I feel like, you know, it's good fun. It's good fun. Um... Top of the league, still Richard Everson, FPL dad. Um, he needs a shout out because um, he is currently ranked 896th in the world. You could have stopped at 896 and people would have thought that we had a similar rank. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, Richard is currently 896th in the world. Um, he's FPL dad on Twitter. To be honest, if you're not following, if you're following us, then go follow him as well because... I'm not gonna lie, he must have some insight that we need. I might, you know, we, I think we need to hit him up really because it's actually ridiculous. So that's an incredible score, uh, 416 points total at the moment. Not the best game week of the week though. Yeah, that goes I was to say shout out to uh, Sandil L- Lamini uh, with a, a big boy 90 points this week. Oh wait, uh, I missed that one. Oh shit. Who were you going for? I was going for Clive, who's second in our league, 81 points. Nah, that's that's peasant. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I'm not sure how intentional this week was uh or maybe maybe he did go for the five at the back straight off and it wasn't subs auto subs but it was one or only one auto sub okay Duncan for Richarlison who's only two points uh, so yeah only two points yeah no fair play mate that's that's a quality score particularly given the fact that I uh I got 51 and now I'm 55th in the league. yeah nine, 90 points that is huge that is a really really good score actually in this the week. only yeah, thing is 28,000 that... game week poor score rank like it, the 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 slump that I've had is just symptomatic of how close the league is because I'm not actually that far off. You know, for example, Sandil, who just scored ninety points, he's on three six five, and I'm only a bit further back down the road at three three eight. So you know, it's only twenty five points in it at the minute. But um, yeah, I'm ahead of you. I'm ahead of you. That's all that matters. Yeah, let's not talk about it. Yeah, yeah, but do. you took him well out this week, so you're a fake Brentford fan. Ah, that's true. I might take out Tony this week as well. Wouldn't surprise me. No, nah, I'm not going to do that. Don't be silly. Plastic. Plastic. Um, 
but yeah, so yeah, uh, Rich is on absolute storm with 416 points. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a bit jealous. I am not even bothered about it. I'm just gonna do my own thing and enjoy my season. Yeah, that's a that's the words of a loser. Um, <laughs> famous last words. Famous I'm last about to words. go and cry. So yeah, so come join the league. Um, it'll be in the podcast description. And I think, in the famous words of Josh Silver, that's all we've got, so we've time, got time for. for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we definitely, definitely have do have time for more. We definitely but, have time yeah. for more. But to be honest, I'm pretty hungry and I'm not eating yet, so I'm, I, I want to shoot. Sounds like a shout. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, thank you for listening to us as normal. If you want to follow us on Twitter, as uh, we just alluded to. We are all on Twitter, so we are the FBL by Dummies on Twitter. Um, FBL Dummy Cameron, FBL Dummy Tom, and uh, our dearly departed just for the day, FBL Dummy Josh. Um, yeah, so come and get a little bit of insight into, I don't know, I, I don't even know what I tweet about anymore. Brentford, well, shit memes. I was going to say insight, that's questionable. If you want some great quality memes, then definitely follow Tom. I, I come up with a decent one every now and then, but... We're mainly here for the memes, nothing yeah, serious. Pretty much, yeah. We're basically becoming a meme account slowly. Joining FPL Martin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. What Not legend. quite on his level, but there you go. No, so um, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, you can continue listening on all the platforms you're listening on at the moment. Um, if you're listening to us on, you know, some microwave oh, radio. radio yeah, if you're listening on like a satellite dish in the middle of like the Sahara Desert, then, you know, you can get us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It's, that, is, that is an easier way, so... You know, if we're coming through really crackly on that, then definitely worth changing over to one of those platforms because it might be easier. Well, particularly if you're from the UK, then just come back from Africa and listen to it on Spotify. Like, there's no point yeah. going out there to listen to us. Yeah, and and give us a like and a follow, I guess. Give it, oh well, you, you give us a five star review on Apple. That'd be nice. I'd rather you not give us a one star one. If you're not, you know, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it. That's it. That's all we've got time for. <laughs> 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 Ooh, I'm I'm <laughs> Bye. <laughs>